This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unk, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unk, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years, and not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, I'm Christina Wallace. And I'm Kate Scott Campbell. And you're listening to The Limit Does Not Exist. A podcast for human Venn diagrams. Coming at you every other Tuesday. And hosted by us. Today we're talking with Dr. Abigail Edgecliff-Johnson, the founder and CEO of a STEM toy company called Racia. Abigail has a PhD in medical anthropology and has worked in everything from HIV research to finance to media to drug policy. She's also an expert baker who makes overly elaborate, occasionally electrically enhanced cakes, her description. (laughs) And she's a mom, our first parent on the show. Mm -hmm. We discuss fixed mindset versus growth mindset and how boys and girls approach play, which is super important for her as she's trying to create racia to appeal to all kids. Totally. We also talk about finding confidence in what you don't know and how to find internal validation as a human Venn diagram. Plus, how failure can be the most empowering thing ever. So much inspiration in this episode. Let's jump in. Let's do it. 
Hey, Kate. Hey, Christina. How are you? I am well. How are you? I'm really good. And do you have a Dr. Abigail Edgecliff-Johnson with you? I do. I do. It's, uh, it's a very formal name for, for the woman who's currently sitting cross-legged on the floor with me. Uh, I do. Um, I have Abigail joining me today in New York. Hi, Hi. Abigail. Hi, how are you? I'm great. I'm so great. You both sound excellent. <laughs> and I hear that it is quite hot there, but the heat has not affected uh, your your overall being, it sounds like. I mean, I just basically stay in front of an air conditioner as much as possible. Uh, I, I've been hustling around the city today and, and schwitzing to a degree that is uncomfortable. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, schwitzing is one of my favorite Yiddish words. It's one of those so words great. that I didn't learn until I moved to New York. And then I was like, that is the most perfect word to describe exactly what it is describing that yes. I'm going to use it. So I, yes. I, thank, uh, I thank New York City for giving me that word. I feel like my I feel like my thermostat, my personal thermostat, is set to Schwitz. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it? Are you having a hot a heat wave out? I mean, there was like a, yes. a map that said like every inch of the United States is having its hottest year ever. It's uh, so true. On record it, of all time of the end of times. It, it, I, I, I agree with that. It is quite hot here. It's not 119, which it was a couple of weeks ago. Oh, my but, Lord. You've got to be joking. Yes. That's when we broke down and bought a second air conditioner, which is the best thing that we've ever done for ourselves. <laughs> Did you just stack that air conditioner on top of the one you currently have? Process the first batch of air and make it go through another round of cooling? That's a genius idea. Just an air conditioner, like conditioner. a house yeah. built out of air conditioners. Yeah, Really? I would hate to see the energy bill but it would be great. It would be worth it. Well, the best thing about these heat waves, it's like the one week out of the entire year where you don't freeze going into a New York City building because it's so hot they can't possibly keep it to a temperature that they normally keep it at, which is appropriate temperature for men wearing long sleeves, jackets, and ties, but inappropriate for anyone else. Yeah. And this is that one week where you go and you're like, ooh, a nice 72. Thank well, you. That, that is so true. And it happens oppositely in the winter in New York, right? I feel like every oh, yeah. time I go inside, you're just pulling off layers. You're Blazing trying hot. To, mm. For yeah. a city that doesn't give you a car to, like, stash your stuff in, it really does make you approach life with, like, layers and, like, full-on pack mule, uh, you know, status. I mean, you're always carrying a couple of bags, a couple of layers, be prepared in case that uh, torrential rain comes out of nowhere and or the zombie apocalypse. So true. I, I am grateful in L.A. as much as I complain about my car. I do refer to it as my car boudoir because <laughs> I at all times try to keep an extra pair of shoes in there, a can of hairspray in the glove compartment. Always. You know, just try Always. to be ready. <laughs> I remember in Atlanta I would keep, you know, like sleeping, napping supplies just in case I got somewhere early because the traffic there was so wretched. that I'd be like, oh, 45 minutes early, time to take a nap. I'd like pull out the pillow and the sleep mask and the alarm. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, you know, Christina, you and I, and also Abigail, I can already tell, could talk about the weather for hours and hours because that's just the kind of people we are. <laughs> but we have other things to dive into today. Oh my today. goodness, we have so much to talk about. We have so much to talk about. We can't wait to jump in with Abigail and all that you're up to. And before we do that, we thought that we would kick it off with an article, as we often like to do. Indeed. You found this great one uh, from Carol. I guess it's about Carol Dweck. It's not by Carol Dweck. It is um, about Carol but tell Dweck. Us, tell us about this article, Kate. 
Well, I love Carol Dweck, and certainly many things have been written about her. She has a great TED Talk. She has a great book called Mindset, which is on my my book list for sure. This article, I also have some extra love for it because it's from KQED News, which is my hometown local Aww. news station up in the Bay Area. Yay, local it just, news! <laughs> it just happens to be, but it's called Giving Good Praise to Girls: What Messages Stick. I encountered Carol Dweck when I was starting up Eleven Bettys, which is my uh, pop culture meets math meets teen girls nonprofit. And Carol just came up through research when I was tutoring math and couldn't figure out why all of my students were girls, or at least most of them. And Carol had done this, and I, I believe the article refers to it, this pretty now famous study at Stanford where she took two groups of girls. And I think I'm sure she's done other kinds of studies like this as well. But the particular one I'm thinking of is she told one group of girls that math was a talent that you either have or you don't. And the second group of girls, she said that it's just a skill that you can acquire. So we can all kind of guess what happened here. The group of girls who were told that that math is a skill, um, and told that in developing what Carol calls a, a a growth mindset. Right, it's something that they could learn and grow into. That group of girls did fantastically in math, um, often better than the, the boys in their class. Just as a sidebar, um, and the girls who thought that it was a, a you know something they either had or they didn't a talent uh, got stuck. So this article talks about. That. So the thing I, I love about this, and and I always kind of think back to like, what what did I hear when I was coming up, or why did I persist in math so so strongly? Um, yeah. And and often my experience is just so out of the norm because I didn't really have a math teacher until my senior year. I was I've self taught in the corner with like my own textbooks a couple grades ahead. Just amazing. Um, which is just very odd. But um, <laughs> but I I distinctly remember hearing that I was good at math. And I was like, well, why Why did that not push me off when, you know, I got the exact opposite of what she's claiming the feedback should be, that like, oh, you're just really good at it. And that identity really pushed me. And I was like, oh, you're right. I am good at it. I should take more math. And then I realized it was because I never really came up against something I struggled with until I got to college and I got my first B minus ever. And it was in a math class. It was in differential geometry. And that was the day that I tried to drop my major. And I was like, oh, I must wow. not be good at it anymore. And I was like, oh, you're right. This is exactly what happened to me. It just took me a little bit longer than most girls uh, mm-hmm. to get to that point. But the second I struggled with it, truly struggled with it, like I gave it my all and I still didn't get it, you know, 100%. But I was like, well, I must have reached the limit of my abilities. And so I need to do something else in my life. And to their credit, my advisor refused to sign the paper. He's like, why are you dropping your major? I was like, I got to be minus. I'm not good at it. It anymore. And he's like, are, wow. you, are you kidding me? <laughs> Is this your first ever B minus? I was like, yes, it's in math. Um, and so he wouldn't let me drop it. And I thank him for that. Well, that's, uh, but but that's, like yeah. praising wow. the, the effort seems like such an obvious thing. Thing, uh, especially around, I don't know who decided that math is something that either you know or you don't, when every other subject we acknowledge that there's a learning curve to. But there's um, so much mythologizing around the math genius, yeah. right? About yeah. the goodwill hunting, the guy who just walks up to the board and is like, I know the answer to everything instantly. <laughs> right. A beautiful mind. Yeah. 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 So you can understand why that particularly comes up with math because it does yeah. seem like magic to people who don't Well, because it's it. all these symbols. It looks like a strange, you know, uh, archaic language. Um, well, and- yeah, and, and 
Well, I was going to say what's interesting is that the conversation continues into how we give praise of Mm -hmm. students. You know, Mm -hmm. Carol says that when you praise someone um, and say, oh, you're really smart at that or you're great or you have a great math brain or whatever, if they struggle like you were talking about, Christina, Suddenly they think that they're not. So they mm-hmm. think that something must be wrong with me. Did I did I mess up? Did I lose this? Rather than, oh my gosh, that strategy that you're using is really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, because then I think the point is that it's about the strategy and not, you know, not sort of, oh, I'm either smart or I'm not. Yeah. Um, but Abigail, you're a mom. I'm curious as to how, you know, this kind of uh, how you handle this in your parenting and talking to your kids. <laughs> it's funny because when I read articles like this, I can understand them from an intellectual standpoint. But mm-hmm. from a parenting standpoint, I say, oh, for Christ's sake, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to get through the day. Exactly. Like, are they alive? Yeah. Great. Are they more or less fed? <laughs> Fabulous. Because there are so only true. so many things that you can pay attention to as a parent, yeah. and yet the universe of advice and help and guidance is infinite and contradictory. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I yep. want someone to do this study for me, please, where you go to the New York Times and their parenting blogs and you just chart what you're doing wrong this week. <laughs> and it will be different and contradictory every, every single time. So you're a helicopter parent. That's bad. But you should be a tiger mom unless you are a tiger mom and then you're bad. Oh. So, have, it is, it is that, unending. Yeah. It's unending. Um, but having said that, you read stuff like this and you think, oh, okay, actually that makes a lot of sense because I do see that what you say to your kids is things like, oh, you did, you know, good job. Mm-hmm. Good job. That was good. And the children learn to expect or crave a particular kind of reinforcement Mm -hmm. and praise. Mm -hmm. And my son, and I think actually this has more to do with being a second child than being a boy, but there's a little bit of boyness there, um, really could care less what I think or what I say. Does not affect him at all. My daughter (laughs) is deeply concerned with what I say. Oh, wow. um, And deeply concerned with external praise. Yeah. Um, So it. This has been helpful for me to really watch what I say to her Mm -hmm. because I want to continue to enforce uh, this idea that things are not innate, Mm -hmm. um, that you can work for them and get them. It is not helped by the fact that her brother does have a lot of innate talents. Mm -hmm. And so he is very good at math and reading. And that just happened. Mm -hmm. And so she sees that and is like, he's younger than me. That's not fair. Why is that? And wanting to say... But you can work at it. She's like, well, I don't, I, wait, he doesn't have to work at it. So it's tricky. I think the, yeah. the, the larger issue sort of pulling back from me and my own children is that, again, as a parent, you only have so much influence over your children and what they hear and what they see and mm-hmm. what they do and the influences. And so mm-hmm. for me, the value in articles like this is actually a cultural shift that needs to happen rather than a you parent to do this thing different. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, yes, all of your teachers <laughs> right. should be teaching this way. And yeah, right. one of the things that I loved about this article is it talked about the, the failure and how beneficial failure is. Mm-hmm. And what makes me bonkers about the educational system right now is that kids are tested a lot, but they're never given the benefit of those tests. Because Mm -hmm. for me, the benefit of a test is, oh, this is the stuff you don't know. Right. Go back and figure it out. And then you learn it. And then you never forget it again because you got it wrong on that test. Mm -hmm. But if you just are given a test and then no one tells you what you're missing, then you can never improve. So it's actually the opposite of a growth mindset. It it is the... 
here is what you know. Mm-hmm. All of your future decisions and you know choices will be based on the things you knew that Friday in mm-hmm. May. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, that's so, so that's really where I am. <laughs> I, I, it's so interesting because I think of how many adults, myself included, you know, have trouble saying sometimes, I don't know how to do that. You know, we've talked about that on the show, this sort of uh, ability to say, I don't know something. Let me be curious about that. Let me mm-hmm. learn it. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be great if when tests were handed out, teachers would say something like, let's find out what we don't know, guys. Let's, let's see where <laughs> we are with that. You know, right. that would be it so does. Refreshing. It does strike me as odd. And it's the first time it's occurred to me that in all of those standardized testing, you might get the scores back, but you never find out what exactly you missed. Yeah. You get and so you never get yeah. that sense of like, did I miss it because I bubbled it wrong? Did I miss it because I used the wrong units? Right. And yeah. I, you know, I was thinking in pounds and it was in kilograms. Or did I get it wrong because I, I got it wrong? And yeah. let's review what I thought it was and what it actually is. You don't get any of the benefit of that, you know, that evaluation. You just get that score or more likely your schools and your teachers get that score. And you might never even receive the feedback of, of what you personally did. Well, and so, when I was when I was tutoring, I would often have to beg teachers. I would call them up and say, could we please look at the test just so we can figure out oh, wow. <laughs> what's going on? But oftentimes, if it was a test that they would, you know, not want to rewrite, they'd only mm-hmm. want to use once, they mm-hmm. keep it in the classroom <sighs> or whatever. But yeah, I was constantly asking. Which just that. tells you that they, they're not using these tests as, you know, evaluation uh, tools to inform uh, you know, what you're learning, how well you're, you're doing to really have that feedback mechanism, which is what a good evaluation does. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just using it as a way to, you know, ascertain a grain and, and move on. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's not really being used as a proper assessment if you're thinking about from like educational theory point of view. And I mean, not to diss on teachers because they, you know, if you've got 30 kids oh, in the sure. classroom and you've Absolutely. got... Absolutely. I don't want to rewrite that test every year either. <laughs> no. also, I can't give every student mm-hmm. the the kind of attention that it would take to mm-hmm. say, okay, these right. 10 students are struggling with this, but these five are doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very, very difficult for mm-hmm. a teacher to adjust their whole mm-hmm. lesson plan to do that. However, mm-hmm. the system should allow for that and the system should adjust because that's yeah. that's yeah. where the value comes in. Otherwise, the tests are just pointless waste of time. Yeah. What's funny, though, about this, Kate, when you, when you sent this article, um, the first thing I did was was reflect on my own uh, kind of experience going through math. But then the second thing I did was was sort of recognize, you know, my role as a manager and particularly managing, uh, um, uh-huh. you know, the uh, crop of millennial employees. And I use that in, in quotes. <laughs> I, too, fall within the millennial uh, bucket, barely. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I've had over the last couple of years in particular, I've had a number of um, employees coming out in, in out of college and I am their first manager. This is their first real job. And wow. I have struggled with the number of times... I have said, hey, you know, you didn't you didn't succeed in this thing. Like I asked you to do this. You didn't meet the deadline or the quality is not there or, you know, you said you were going to deliver this, but you delivered half of that. Like what's going on? And that their answer is, but I tried really hard or I put a lot of work into it. You know, it was it was a lot of effort. Let me tell you how many hours I spent on it. And and so I hear on the one side, like, yes, let's not praise people for their innate brilliance, but for their hard work as children. But at what point do we actually shift a little bit to the, okay, effort matters, but results are what counts? 
um, right. before they enter the workforce. Or maybe that is just my job as their first manager to, to really get that to hit home. But I've, the number of times I've had to say, like, I don't care how many hours it took you, except, you know, or unless you're doing it the hard way and I want to help you find, you know, a more uh, elegant solution to, to what you're right. doing. But really all that matters is that you didn't deliver. Right. And there's no partial credit. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I absolutely hear what you're saying. And in my work, it's exactly the same thing, you know. And often what we're doing is incredibly topical and timely and has to be turned around fast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm wondering if it has something to do with if you are, you know, taught that, oh, or, or you're given feedback on your strategies and your efforts, then perhaps you don't, you you are able to then separate yourself from the result to be able to look at it objectively and say, you're right, I didn't deliver this, instead of saying, oh, it's about me and oh, I'm a terrible person <laughs> and feeling really, you know, I work in a place where I'm, we're working on the show right now and we've realized that like we need to get more numbers on it. What we're doing has been really fun and great, but we need to shift. And it's important for me and everyone involved to say, okay, this isn't about us. You know, we don't have to have like an emotional moment here. We have to look at the product and go, we have to shift. We have to figure out something better. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think this is a perfect segue into your current work, Abigail. You are uh, the founder and CEO of a startup called Racia, which is uh, making customizable toy cars to teach science and engineering through play, which, I mean, I've seen them in person. They're super cool. It's kind of like if you think of like Build-A-Bear where you can go and like make your own custom bear and then you play with it. Like think of that, but like with radio controlled cars. I'm obsessed. I'm totally obsessed. Right? Like it's brilliant. But but you are, (laughs) you're the founder, you're the CEO. It's like a team of what, two or three at this point. I mean, like effort is cute. But what matters is, like, does the car work? Do the kids want to play with it? Did you ship mm-hmm. it? I mean, yeah. you, you are you are living the, like, uh, you know, results are the only thing that actually matters right now. And you're doing it in a space that you actually have no prior experience in, which is our favorite type of job. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so you studied anthropology all the way right. through to the PhD. It yeah. gives you your doctor, Just why we Abigail. can call you a doctor. Right? Uh, you worked Thank in you. HIV research. I did. You worked in finance. Yeah. You worked in media. Yeah. You've done, like, drug policy research. What yanked you into <laughs> this world of, like, hardware and manufacturing and toys? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the thing I think that unites a lot of the stuff I have done mm-hmm. is always that idea where I would like to ask questions, but I really like to solve problems. Mm-hmm. And this came up as a problem. And actually, the sort of Build-A-Bear uh, analogy is close. That's kind of where we started, but it's mm-hmm. almost closer to American Girl Ooh. doll in mm. that. It's about, That's a good comp. Investors right? will like that one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's about a an object or a toy that you personalize, claim, make your own, but there is a very social aspect to Mm -hmm. being able to play with other kids. Mm -hmm. And that's really what this grew out of, was looking at American Girl doll, Mm -hmm. having a girl and a boy, and having a girl who was really not into that American Mm -hmm. Girl thing, Mm -hmm. and saying, well, why are there no toys and no experiences Mm -hmm. that would excite my daughter and my son in the same way? Mm -hmm. And my girlfriends and I were talking about this over breakfast one morning after we dropped off all of our children. Um, and I went home after breakfast and I thought, oh, I know exactly what it would be. Wow. But I don't want it to be just for boys. Mm-hmm. And someone should do that. 
And for a year, I thought, someone should do that. <laughs> and then I went, you know what? I'm going to do it. <laughs> Which was insane mm -hmm. looking back on it. And I think had I known how much work it was going to be and how steep the learning curve was going to be, I'm not sure I would have done it. Classic, classic words yeah. from every good founder. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And it's better that you don't know. So that oh my it's God, true. so much better. You never yeah. jump if you did. Yeah, no, you would absolutely never do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's been fascinating because I, I've always been a tinkerer, so mm -hmm. I like to make things. I've always made stuff. Mm -hmm. um, like cakes, like which cakes. we'll get to. Like robotic cakes. Yeah, <laughs> like robotic get there. cakes. <laughs> um, so that instinct was there, mm -hmm. or at least it's not even an instinct, but that, that I don't know. That play. inclination. Inclination. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. There you go. Um, so that was there. Uh, being an anthropologist means that what I do is I watch people and I watch how the world around them shapes the choices that they make. Mm. And that led me to look at my own children and say, well, what choices are they making and why? What play are they engaging in and why? Do they ever feel like they're being studied? <laughs> All observed? the time. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, my dad was a shrink. Oh, um, so you know exactly so how to I do it. That wow. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I, I yeah. don't with the shrinking. Put that away. <laughs> Have you found a difference between, you know, quote unquote, boy toys and girl toys? And Oh, certainly. I'm curious as to how you're building Racia to appeal to both boys and girls. Mm -hmm. OK, so I have two things. This is my you, you got me on my little sweet spot. I love here, it. Which is my favorite <laughs> Give us the pitch. Okay, so here's what I have found is mm -hmm. that boys' toys tend to be about construction and destruction. Mm -hmm. And girls' toys are about uh, adornment and nurturing. Mm -hmm. And it took me a while wow. to be okay with the fact that girls like nurturing and adornment. And when I say that, it's because what we tend to do with toys and particularly kind of empowering toys for mm -hmm. girls with mm -hmm. lots of quotes around the world empowering, mm -hmm. yeah. um, is we say that if a girl is doing a boy thing, then it is empowering. Yeah. But if a boy is doing a girl thing, then it is uh, effeminate and, and yeah. feminizing and is, is therefore bad. And yeah. if you pull right. back from that, what we're really saying is that girl things are bad and boy things are good. Mm -hmm. And so wow. what's been hard for me as a founder of a toy company is to embrace the girl things as mm -hmm. good things mm -hmm. and to just make that part of what we're doing and, and to really force myself not to say we're adding in the decorative elements because that will appeal to girls. And I'm really sorry about that because that, you know, girls shouldn't really enjoy that. Girls should really enjoy the building. But actually, no, mm -hmm. it, it is wonderful and fabulous to adorn and to nurture. And actually, what would the world look like if we didn't have adornment, right? If we didn't have nurturing Absolutely. adornment, the world mm -hmm. would be miserable and look yeah. like brutalist architecture. <laughs> True. <laughs> totally. Communist Russia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so to make a toy that appeals to both is to embrace the the good things about what both genders kind of gravitate toward and mm -hmm. be okay with the fact that there is that gravitational pull. Mm-hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Which is a bit odd, right? Because mm -hmm. in my feminist upbringing, because I'm a little older than you guys, <laughs> um, you know, there was this real push about anything that was seen as feminine had to be sort of jettisoned, right? It was mm -hmm. all about being more masculine, right? You To be the boss, you had to adopt mm -hmm. all these male traits. And I think modern feminism is really pushing that aside now, which I think yeah. is fantastic mm -hmm. and embracing women for who we are and mm -hmm. not um, and not hiding from that. Mm -hmm. And so this is about saying, you know, actually, the fact that it has decorative elements is 
wonderful that it appeals to girls because of that. And mm-hmm. it gives girls a way into something that they might not otherwise want to be involved in because they wouldn't see the value in it. Mm-hmm. And so it's really about meeting girls where they are and then mm-hmm. bringing them to, you know, some new places that they wouldn't necessarily have seen before. So it's not about kind of changing who they are, right. but it's about Expanding. opening up the possibilities. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the thing I love about that, too, um, is that it also provides an opportunity for both boys and girls who don't fall along typical yep. binary Absolutely. you know uh, uh, mm-hmm. assignments. I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. I I am a girly girl as far as they come. I like to do my hair and I like to wear heels, but I never really fit in to this day I don't into a lot of the things that people say, well women are like this. Mm. Women lead this way. Mm-hmm. Girls like these things. And for most of my life, that hasn't really applied to me. I mm-hmm. exhibit more masculine traits, much to the consternation of many people who who don't like that. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to make a, you know, a toy that both uh, allows for building and tinkering, but also for adornment and socialization means that girls like me and boys who are attracted to that, like your son, (laughs) have the opportunity to sort of play on both sides of the aisle, uh, so to speak, without having to identify that, oh, I'm I'm a foreign exchange student here <laughs> right. uh, trying out some right. of these other toys like that. We we can stop. I, this is the entire argument around modern feminism, that it actually helps men as much as it helps Absolutely. women because it Absolutely. breaks down this this binary. Did you guys listen to the there was an Invisibilia podcast recently that talked about norms? And one mm. of the things that they were talking about was teaching men on oil rigs how to uh kind of show their feelings Mm. and they went through this whole amazing it's an amazing podcast and you have to go listen to it but um at the end they said do you think that the traits that you were teaching these men are more feminine and they asked the men are these feminine traits and men were like nope (laughs) 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 and they had gone through this whole amazing kind of explication of their that's not a word but it should be explication is a new word that i just made up (laughs) hashtag mine um Exposition. Thank you. Um, there it is. Um, of all of these, you know, they had learned how to have all these different emotions. They had learned how mm. to express themselves. They had become closer to their loved ones. They mm-hmm. had really changed the entire work environment because of the emotional side of themselves that they had opened up. But as soon as they said, is it female? They were like, oh, no, 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 not that here. No, thank you very much. Which was amazing to me. So as you wow. say, it yeah. is beneficial for men yeah. if we can just get them to be okay with yes. the fact that, yeah, it is female. Suck it up. Well, not in that way. Whole say, <laughs> yeah. Also, you know, by the grace of the Internet and what we're able to see now, you know, I'd say I was just in a presentation yesterday about sort of how Generation Z, the teen generation, is really leading this in terms of, like, really not feeling like gender has to be one way or another, mm-hmm. right? And we've had mm-hmm. such incredible coverage more and more in the media about this. But, yeah, when I was eight, I asked for a toolbox for Christmas. I just really wanted to build a shelf, and yeah. I did, and I had a great time doing it, you know. I got luckily. power tools for Christmas all oh. through college. And just to flip that, my son the other day when my daughter was wearing a skirt and twirling Mm -hmm. around because we were trying on clothes and, Mm -hmm. you know, seeing... You must twirl. She was twirling. (laughs) And he looked at her so longingly and said, I wish it was traditional for boys to wear skirts. (gasps) 
I said, sweetie, if you want to wear a skirt, knock yourself out. He <laughs> ran around in her, his sister's little blue skirt and his blue or his bright red uh, Superman cape. <laughs> twirled for England. It was fantastic. He's a modern day superhero. You know, I love twirling it. is gender neutral. Twirling is, twirling is for everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Abigail, you know, speaking of non-traditional paths, certainly, uh, talking about seriously. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm curious about we both are about in, you know, heading up Racia when you are perhaps the person at the table with, you know, the least amount of expertise in whatever you're chewing at or certainly, you know, with a skill set that you're still developing, you, you know, how do you how do you get those people around you? How do you ask them for help? How do you get them to respect you as a leader, you know, and build this thing with you? That is a good question. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's it's taken some work, um, and it's taken. I mean, what's nice about having come from an anthropology background is that your whole instinct is to sit back and listen and ask questions. Mm. What is problematic about having an anthropology background is that your instinct is to sit back and listen. And it takes me a little bit longer mm. to challenge someone. So I tend what my my leadership style tends to be that I. Assume that the people I'm speaking to know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so I let them go and I give them enough lead mm -hmm. to say, show me, mm -hmm. show me what you uh, know, show me what you're learning, show me what you would do in this situation. Mm -hmm. And then I can take it back and go, yeah, no, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but finding a way of doing that where it's like, okay, I see where you were trying to go and I get it. However, mm -hmm. I really need it to be this way or I really need it to be that way. And mm -hmm. I have found for the most part that the people that I'm working with are fairly receptive to that mm -hmm. um, because if they are experts in their field, I am coming to them for their expertise. Mm -hmm. But right. my role is to channel that expertise into something specific. Mm -hmm. So I need to know enough about what they're doing yep. so that I can... A, make sure they're doing the right thing, make sure I'm asking them the right thing, mm -hmm. um, and then guide them. But be willing to say, no, that wasn't good enough and that wasn't right. So mm -hmm. maybe it takes me a little longer. It's certainly not a confrontational style initially. I, I don't really mind confrontation, to be honest. <laughs> and I'm happy to go in there and say, no, this was terrible. It's awful. I actually had mm -hmm. to fire someone. Mm. Um, is that your first? It was my first. Oh, the first is the hardest. It was the hardest. Oh. But uh, And it was because the authority was not, he, you know, the... He, the authority wasn't being respected and I was like, oh no, I've listened and I've listened and I've listened, but you are not doing me the courtesy of listening as well, so mm -hmm. this is not going to work. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it's hard. It's uh, really hard when you're fighting over cultural style or working style versus like yes. actual results actual outcome, because it's right. way harder for them to understand. Mm -hmm. Like if they are not meeting the cultural norms, it means they probably don't recognize them in the first place. Right. So if you're like, this right. is the reason why I need to let you go, they're like, that's not a thing. And you're like, <laughs> no, it really but it is. is. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So yeah, it's it's tricky bringing people along, but I think um, I think when you work with smart people, and if you treat them with respect, and they recognize that you you recognize their own intellect and, and their what they're bringing, mm -hmm. then you can bring people along with you. But that said, you do have to learn enough about what you're doing so that you ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. The thing that has been the hardest for me is. Mm -hmm asking in job descriptions in particular mm -hmm. for what I need because I sometimes don't know. Mm -hmm. right. And when you're writing a job contract for a consultant in particular, you know, mm -hmm. it's it's very specific. And so mm -hmm. learning how to write contracts in a way that is 
general enough so that there is some leeway, but specific enough so that I actually get what I want at the end. Because mm-hmm. I made that mistake early on, too, <laughs> where I uh, wrote a contract with someone and my understanding of what they were doing and their understanding of what they were doing was so far off that it cost mm-hmm. me a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to a leadership coach, actually, because I realized that I was having this problem of not articulating what I needed enough. Oh, wow. And the trick that she told me, which I love, which us. other people probably know, but I didn't, was at the end of every conversation, you say, okay, just to be clear, tell me what you think I said. Ooh. Oh, that's fantastic. It's so good. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's very helpful. And it works really well. And they say, you know, tell me what you think we just talked about and tell me what you think I just asked you to do. Mm -hmm. And it's, and you always say, just to be clear, so we're on the same page. You know, you're not being insulting. You're not being rude. But it's like, we need to make sure that we're on the same page here. Otherwise, we can't move forward. And that has been so powerful. That's really interesting because I, I... I do a version of that, but clearly my version uh, maybe still has some flaws where I say, okay, just just to recap, this is what we've agreed to. This is what I'm going to do. This is what you're going to do. These are the dates by which we are going to do them. And these are next steps for when we're going to follow up. But as long as I'm the one doing the recapping... Right. I'm still quite clear on what I think we've achieved <laughs> exactly. here. But I have no concept of whether or not... They know what what we uh, we are doing. I like that approach. I might steal that. We promised tips and tricks in our very first episode, and this might be the oh, first time. Well, we do, we're and I quite think explicit about it. It is so great to hear you talk about this, Abigail, because I think many of our listeners are wanting to take risks in new fields. You know, so to hear how you are actually handling that on a daily basis is really inspiring. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats 
even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. So I had this burning question. Um, uh, <laughs> don't worry, I put a cream on it. Um, I saw that straight from Sarah Silverman. Went there too. Sarah Silverman. Um, so, so where did you develop this confidence that you could jump between industries, or you know, even in like race and most specifically, show up to? You know, an industry, uh, an entirely different job function, sort of you've changed all the things. It's not a pivot from one thing. (laughs) It's just like a full-on travel down the court, and then you move sideways into a different sport. Um, And, you know, where did you get this confidence that says, I'm going to show up not knowing anything, but I'm going to learn it, I'm going to figure it out, and it's going to be okay? Where did this come from? That is another good question. <laughs> well, and and if I can do a follow up, question B would be: How do you know when it's time to shift as well um, into yeah. something new? The shift, I can answer that one faster. The shift is when I get bored and angry, more angry mm-hmm. than bored. Um, angry about what you're currently doing, or angry about something new? It's angry about what I'm currently doing, and usually the anger stems from, "Oh dear God, why are they doing it this way? Why aren't they doing it differently?" Mm-hmm. And maybe trying and saying, "Well, hey, maybe we could do this thing in this different way," and then finding that you're butting your head against a wall and just going, "Okay, it's not worth it. I'm going to give up." Yeah. Um, and a lot of it comes from from boredom, which is a terrible thing to say. But yeah, I worked in PR for a while, and. You know, I can find anything interesting for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but working in PR, 
it's dawned on me quite quickly. Um, a, I did not like working for clients because mm. clients are awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'd much rather be somebody's awful client than to have to deal with me. Um, and and it was just sort of realizing, oh, you know, the place that I thought I could fill in this world is not what I thought I could do. You know, mm. I, the, the changes that I thought I could affect in the world at large are not going to be made from this platform. And mm-hmm. it was the same thing when I was doing cancer research. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking, oh, they're not asking the right questions. They're not asking the right questions. Mm-hmm. And so that has been the thing that has always led me um, to, to jump mm-hmm. um, is to think, oh, the, the questions are wrong and they're answering them in a way that I think is in, imperfect. We should mm-hmm. go fix that. Mm-hmm. The confidence thing is different. Um mm. Part of it comes from a really hearty level of ignorance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think if you don't know how much you don't know, it's very easy to jump in. But I, um, I always say that you should have your second child first because <laughs> for your second child, mm-hmm. uh, you don't read any books mm-hmm. and you just kind of get on with it. And that oh, means also that. that your child just gets on with it because when mm. your first child mm-hmm. is born, they squeak and you jump instantly and you run to them and you say, oh my God, I'm going to help you. What is wrong? What do you need? <laughs> the second child, it squeaks and you're like, dude, you need to wait because this one can talk and will tell me that it just stuck a needle in its face. So I'm going to handle that. And you just hang out. Just chill. And so the second one, mm-hmm. which you should have first, mm-hmm. um, goes, I'm not waiting around for you anymore longer i'm just gonna do it my damn self yeah and i think the do it my damn self mm-hmm. uh is the second child thing mm. i think that confidence and that like mm-hmm. oh i can't no one else is going to help me i have to do this for myself mm-hmm. that's where that comes from and mm-hmm. i'm guessing and speculating but i see it in my own kids mm-hmm. um my daughter is she needs a lot more hand holding than my son who just like i said mm-hmm. could care less what i think <laughs> or what i do my mom always said that my sister believed in authority and I believed in rules. So Hmm. I never think that anyone has any authority over me, but I do feel like there is a set of norms that one should follow, Mm -hmm. um, Uh which it's a, it's a sort of fine distinction, but Mm -hmm. a good one so that I, you know, I've always been the kid that like told the teachers off because I thought they were being stupid. I remember we had a a math teacher in high school who verbally abused a, um, excuse me, a kid who was dyslexic. Oh he God. put a greater than and a less than sign mm-hmm. on the board and started screaming at her to tell him which one was which because oh clearly God. she was just being stupid. And I remember standing up in the <sighs> class and like shouting at him because he was being awful. Um, oh, that's amazing. And, or dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, but I also was amazing. The, yeah, because I think I as a kid would have kind of bit my nails in the corner and worried about that child, but maybe not Oh no, not I'm known. definitely more like Abigail. I would have been like, this is inappropriate. I'm going to go tell the principal. Right. Or maybe, that maybe like I would have clearly against the rules, right? Yeah, like, there are right, rules of right. behavior yeah. and he had failed to follow uh, them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas his authority as an authority figure yeah. was totally wiped out by his being an ass yes yeah. so. completely irrelevant um so that's where i think it comes from is the, is a healthy disregard for authority mm-hmm. well, well speaking of <laughs> speaking of kids i share that too I, <laughs> I am going to uh attempt to soak up that from you guys more and more. <laughs> but speaking of kids we haven't quite yet talked about on our show what it's like to be as we like to call human venn diagram mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know with with children also in a relationship yeah. you know i'm curious as to how you know you you've been supportive 
supported in your partnership or what challenges come up in terms of having a family when you're wanting to make, you know, pretty considerable shifts in your career, how you navigate that Mm -hmm. as a unit with the people in your life. And did your husband know what he was getting into? <laughs> is he also uh, a Is he shifter? also a human Venn diagram? Yeah. Not even a little bit. Not even a little. Wow. No, he is a straight down the line. Um, he has been a journalist, I think, since birth. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, yeah, he has. But natural curiosity, wanting to get to the bottom of things, but through a journalistic lens. And so I that's think that anthropology and journalism are essentially the same because mm-hmm. you go into a situation yeah. about which you know nothing. Mm-hmm. You ask a ton of questions mm-hmm. and then you come out and say, excuse me, I'm the expert and I will tell you what's going on here. <laughs> Let me sum it up. Let me sum that up. Yeah. Um, no, this is going to be gross and upsetting for everyone. I'm sorry that I'm going to do this to you, but mm-hmm. my husband is magical. He is <laughs> the most wonderful human on earth. That's amazing. And it, I know it makes people want to throw up, but he's no, it's not, not gross, at all. But it might be. <laughs> um, and he has been great from the beginning. So mm-hmm. he was there with me when I got uh, when I went into grad school. Mm-hmm. So he knew that grad school was coming and he probably didn't know how long grad school was going to take. <laughs> but he supported me emotionally and financially all through grad school, though I worked mm-hmm. the whole time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing Those that is... cushy grad student salaries. The, yeah, woo, baby. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I know really, them well. We could yeah. have like top shelf ramen. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> totally. But uh, because his career has been so stable, which is odd for someone in print journalism, but still Mm. he's had a very Mm -hmm. stable uh, career Mm -hmm. and is very much a career. You know, he has Mm -hmm. the thing that he does and he loves his job. Mm -hmm. So that helps, right? Having Mm -hmm. someone who is a center Mm -hmm. has helped enormously. Mm -hmm. And having someone who is so phenomenally confident in themselves that I can go as crazy as I want Mm -hmm. and I always have that center to come back to Mm. Um, and he really supports me in all of that that's awesome it's awesome it's really awesome so he supported me through grad school um, and I was when I was working in in grad school I was doing the drug policy research and Mm -hmm. so um, I was going to a variety of exciting locations uh at mostly drug rehab centers and then a lot of prisons and we mm-hmm. moved to England uh, when we got married and so oh I did a lot of my uh I did a lot of my PhD research in Manchester mm-hmm. um so when I got pregnant with our first child in London I was still working on my PhD mm-hmm. and um I was traveling up to Manchester every couple of months to work with my population of, of drug using mothers actually mm. um and that's a whole different story about how that relationship <laughs> yeah. changed when I became pregnant, which mm. was fascinating oh and amazing, and they were nothing but yeah. incredible to me. Wow. Um, but when uh, when our daughter was born, I was still working on the research. Mm. And so I would sometimes take her with me mm-hmm. to Manchester, and sometimes he would come with me so that I could go you know, into a prison or into a drug rehab center and mm-hmm. leave my daughter in Manchester with him mm-hmm. and you know, go and do the work that I needed to do. So having someone who was 100% a partner, mm-hmm. has helped mm-hmm. that enormously. Mm-hmm. Um, and So great to hear. Oh, my God, it's so great. Yeah. <laughs> but I also, you know, I know how lucky I am, but it also means that I have very high standards for my female friends. Yeah. I, I accept no substitutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, did it, you even know to vet for that when you were dating? No. Like, was this just all luck? Yes. You know, it was so much so, I met him on a plane. Really? Oh my god. I met gosh. him on a plane. Like so, you were sitting next wow, to him on a plane. He's some random dude I met on a plane. I know <laughs> I, like we have no friends in common. I mean we do now. Yeah, yeah. 
there is no reason we ever should have met ever. Except that you were Except on a plane. Except that we were on a plane. But wow. the human Venn diagramness of being like, hey, who are you? This is yeah, Ryan. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> Tell me your that story. Openness. Yeah. Is what led to that. That's so um, interesting. And it's, yeah, it's been great. So, in terms of having a family and doing mm-hmm. the Venn diagram thing, I am very privileged in that I have someone who is willing to be that center mm-hmm. and who has supported me through all of my crazy weirdness. Um, mm-hmm. I think he was probably attracted to my kind of creative, wacky side. I hope. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Get him on here and ask him. But, um, but I, it is a special place to be in to have children and a family and stability and still be able to go out and do all these other things. Mm-hmm. And so I think for him, he has seen me be unhappy mm. in things that were less fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. he was willing uh, and encouraging me to go and do the thing that I really needed to do and wanted to do that would make me happy. And that is really powerful is to have someone who says, no, you should go be happy. Hmm. And I think that also comes from the fact that he is himself very happy. He, mm-hmm. as I said, loves his work. Mm-hmm. He yep. doesn't want to do anything else. He wants to do yep. what he is doing because he adores it. And it makes it much easier for him to say, you know, I have found the thing. You go find the thing. I'm mm-hmm. here. I'm fine. I'm good. Go for it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean every day is a you know picnic and sure. songs and birds flitting in and doing my laundry for me <laughs> would be awesome. Um, you know, and there are certainly points of friction, but at a, at a much higher sort of meta level. Yeah. Really well, good. and it's, it's yeah. also a testament to you that you really recognize the value of your partnership in yeah. your life and, and how much it does for you to, it, it sounds like, you know, uh, to, to help ground you and to be a touchstone for you in your life. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think was Sheryl Sandberg said, the most important decision you make is who mm-hmm. you marry. And mm-hmm. I cannot stress how right she is because yeah. again, I, I have kids. So I see a lot of my friends and their kids and their partnerships and what the those partnerships enable them to do or dissuade them from doing, which mm-hmm. is mm. more scary and upsetting. Like yeah. when the, yeah. you know, when the the women are saying, oh, isn't my husband so wonderful because he babysat? <laughs> I'm like, oh. It's called being it's a... Parenting. Being it's parenting. It's <laughs> parenting. Right. Not babysitting when it's yours. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, you know, so it's it's... Being a whole person. Yeah. You know? And yeah. it's funny because I routinely say to my husband, like, do you need to go do a crazy thing? And he's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so, so what about the kids thing? Are mm. they uh, in any way thrown off by mom has a, a new job every couple of five years or do they just love it? And they're kids like, how do they, do they even know so... what you do? <laughs> I'm going to tell you, children are phenomenally self-centered. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> I mean, they care that, you know, mom's not home very much, whatever. But so I was home with them when I was working on the PhD and before I figured out my next thing. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. There were moments when I was a full-time stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. And I was the worst version of myself I have ever been. I was furious mm. all the time. Mm. And I was just angry. Because when you're home all the time, you are responsible for everything. Mm-hmm. And everyone needs you. And everyone's touching you all the time. It's <laughs> 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 awful. That does sound um, awful. It's awful. <laughs> and my husband would come home. And it was like the angels would sing. And the children would, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And I was like, dude, are you fucking 
kidding me? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I want that. I want them to be happy to see me, you know. And so I went out to work and I came home and they were like, mommy, mommy, mommy. I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. That's how you get that. <laughs> um, but the moment, I think, for me that was so vital and magical um, was when I was I was in the bathroom, oddly, because when you have children, you will learn that there is no place that your children won't talk to you. But <laughs> my son comes in and he says, Mommy, that's your company that you'd have. I said, yes. He said, so you're in charge. I said, yes. Said, so you're the boss. I said, yeah. Said, so everyone does what you say. I said, yeah. He went, wow. And then he left. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Like, I have officially won. <laughs> because I the am fact a boss. That my company had one people in it. I wasn't going to tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> all the people, all, all the, the people, people Bobby do is what in I charge say. of all the people. But that's just amazing. having being able to have my children see that I am yeah. a full whole person mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. I think been very valuable to them and to me. Um, yep. because you know, yeah, do they like it when I have meetings and I go out? No, of course not. But they wouldn't like that anyway. Right. You know, they wouldn't like it yep. if I was going out with my girlfriends. And again, when I was home all the time, mm-hmm. I was the meanest mom ever mm. because I was just fed up with everything. And yeah. so I didn't have any space to be spontaneous and fun and happy and nice because I was really unhappy. Yeah. And I think there are people who are staying at home and love it and get a lot of joy from it and you know feel good about that. And mm-hmm. I think that's great. I was mm, not that, not that guy, person and yeah. it wasn't good for my kids. So yeah. being so switching and changing that doesn't bother them. Mm-hmm. I think being a good person of you know being the best mom that you can be mm-hmm. is what matters mm-hmm. to them and they don't really care what work you do to get there. I True love story. that. I love that. So I I hate the question of what next when you're clearly <laughs> at the beginning of Racia. Yeah. Um, so so we'll phrase it a little bit differently, which is like, what else are you curious about that you think you might want to tackle before you die? Oh dear. <laughs> and it could be a it could be an immediate thing or something within within Racia. Maybe that's a current challenge or or outside of it. That is a good question. I keep saying that because they're all good questions. Mm. Oh, um, we're happy to hear that. <laughs> put a lot of effort into these last night. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Well done. Um, okay, so I um, I pretend as though that I'm very brave. Mm-hmm. And we talked about me as though I'm this super brave person who just jumps into things. But I will tell you a secret, which is mm-hmm. that um, I used to go to parties with my husband Mm -hmm. and because he is fancy we would go to fancy parties and we would meet fancy people and fancy people would (laughs) ask me the question what do you do Mm -hmm. and when i was working on my phd i could say oh i'm getting a phd in medical Mm -hmm. anthropology and And they wouldn't know what that was and so they were impressed sure and so they would talk to me as opposed to looking at me glazing over and walking away Mm -hmm. which has happened to me in the past Mm. um and i felt very validated Mm-hmm. by having people, you know, care who I was and what I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when I was trying to figure out my next thing, it f- was very important to me that I had a thing that I would feel confident to say to other people and mm-hmm. feel powerful saying to other people, mm-hmm. which is dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really dumb because it entirely came from external validation. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. So we briefly touched on the fact that I make cakes, mm-hmm. right? Um, yes. And I have always made cakes and it's mm-hmm. really fun. And people said, oh, you should do cakes, you should do cakes. And I always said, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. I, that's that's silly. I would never do that. Um, because it would not have felt right 
saying to super schmancy people, mm. I make cakes because mm. I did not want to be patted on the head and be told, oh, aren't you sweet? Huh. I have now reached a point where I give zero. <laughs> you know what. Exactly. And, um, and I feel like, oh, actually, now I could really go and do anything because mm-hmm. I really don't care yeah. what people yeah. think anymore. And I really used to care. How, what changed? Yeah. Where, oh. where did that validation shift where now, now you feel like you've got it internally and not mm-hmm. requiring it externally? I actually think it was starting the company. Yeah. Because there were so many things where I had to be a complete ignoramus. <laughs> um, and I just had to constantly not know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And and some of it's just age. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I've done all the stuff I was supposed to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I've got the kids and I've got the husband and we don't have a house, but whatever. Um, <laughs> it's New York. It's New York. Like, no one yeah. um, And it was, it was something about hitting 40 that was that, oh, I don't need any of you. I don't need to do anything. There's nothing else that I am required to accomplish mm-hmm. for the world at large to, to be impressed by to me. Be impressed by me, right? Yeah. And I don't need you to be impressed by me. And yeah. I think it was, it may have just been age, but a lot of it was doing the company. And, yeah. and also because doing the company, you're basically getting told that you are dumb and wrong and awful and stupid all the time mm-hmm. because you pitch your company to people and they go, mm. that's dumb. Yeah. yeah, That will never work. You Not will fail. Work. Why would you do that? Why don't you do something else? Mm-hmm. And to constantly fight that and to say to people, well, actually, I am right because of all these reasons and mm-hmm. you don't know anything. And actually, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm gonna prove you wrong. <laughs> but even that or, or just recognizing I don't have to prove you wrong right. because mm-hmm. you're critiquing me from your own special little magical place of pain that has nothing to do with me. Yep. And right. all of the reasons that you're critiquing my startup mm-hmm. are because your startup failed. Mm-hmm. But when I look at your startup, I know why your startup failed. It was because your product was dumb. <laughs> yeah. So, so that much rejection. Yeah. Eventually, you just go. Oh, I no longer care, <laughs> and I'm just well, going to plow forward anyway. So, do you think I, you'll make the cake thing into a business at some point? <laughs> um, I think I have always talked about the it next great re- cake boss retirement job. Oh. right. Like I think it would be the thing that I would do if I mostly wanted to play, yeah. but play big. Yeah. Like I yeah. have ideas for some really crazy stuff that I want to build. Yeah. But I also really want to build Racia to make it as big and crazy as I can possibly make it. Um, and then you can make a robotic cake car. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're, we're going to post pictures of some of your cakes Absolutely. on our show and notes. Because I, and videos, I can't, too. True. I can't quite um, describe to our listeners, you're thinking cake. You're probably thinking cupcake. You're thinking <laughs> a little morsel of sweet bread with a dollop of sugar on top. That is not what Abigail makes. <laughs> right. Abigail makes robotic contraptions like things move or <laughs> they lights do. turn they on do. and off. There's mm-hmm. like Arduino, uh, uh, you know, uh, paraphernalia going on uh, in, in <laughs> exactly. these cakes and they just happen to be edible in some way. We will um, also link are... to Arduino so people know what also that true. is. Yeah. I had to look uh. it up when I first went to <laughs> Abigail's website. Yes. These are these are incredible <laughs> concoctions. And also, uh, our listeners will, will note, our last guest, Risa Puno, is this installation artist. She also makes cakes and cupcakes. So, <gasps> dun, like, dun, you guys dun. might just need to meet. Um, something there. A there's little something about, there. There's mm-hmm. something about the, the creativity and the hands-on-ness mm-hmm. along with, like, the play of, oh, I'm just going to eat it when I'm done. Right. Oh, can I just tell you how much I love the fact that you eat it when it's done? Because I, <laughs> I hate craft things. I sent my children to a maker camp for mm-hmm. summer, which was so great, and they had so much fun, but I forgot they were going to bring home a ton of stuff. Yeah. That now lives in my house. 
<laughs> and you have to like wait the requisite amount of time before you can throw it out. Yeah. Um, and be like, children, I don't know where that went. Why don't you go look for it in your closet? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, edible but if craft it's a cake, is good craft. Yes, you there can you eat go. it. You can there get a little sugar rush, and you're good yeah. to go. Oh my gosh! Well, it is time to it move is. on to our lightning round. It is time. <laughs> So the Which lightning round, uh, as you may know. recall in, in the notes, um, we don't give you the questions ahead of time, but that's what makes us fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, just give mm-hmm. us your first answer, top of mind, no explanations, no apologies, no judgment, no, no judgment uh, and we will do our best to stay on topic and not ask follow-up questions. <laughs> yes, indeed. Are you ready? Yes. Yes. Okay. What are you reading right now? Harry Potter. Which one? Book two. Book two. What's book two? The the Source, snake one. No, the the snake one. The yeah. What's that one Chamber called? of Secrets. There it is. Okay. Why? I love book it. Two? Oh, that's a follow up. Uh, Christina. I'm sorry. Fail. I'm sorry. Kate. <laughs> the Great British Baking Show or Cupcake Wars? This is our baking themed question. Oh, baking show every time. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> it's a classic. Okay. What's your go to karaoke song? Valerie. Love yes. it. I love Valerie. Yes. Ooh. Good deep cut. Actually, sang that last night. <laughs> Amazing dream celebrity endorsement for Racia. Dolly G. Willikers. Um, <laughs> you did not just. Say I that. love her. Yes, I just kidding. <laughs> wow, we dropped the f bomb and Dolly G. Willikers. In the same <laughs> I insinuated the f bomb. It's a full spectrum of everything on this show. Yeah. Um, can I say Idris Elba just because I love yes. him? Yes, yeah, of I course. Love him too. Oh yes. my let's, lord! Let's praise Idris Elba for a minute. Uh, okay, let's, moving let's just on. Do that. What's the title of your future TED talk? Oh, or subject? Oh, a working God. title. Working yeah. Title. Uh, I think it would probably be have the second one first. <laughs> I love that. I like that. That's that's the theme that's always in my head. Yeah. I will share the heck out of that talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, shout out for a woman who is doing awesome things in startups. Golly. Suddenly my brain fell out because I have so many so women. Many. So many women have helped me and been incredible and powerful. Um, this is always the hard one. It's it's hard it to just is. pick a, a person. It's usually um, the last person someone saw that fits in this category. So true. <laughs> so right. true. You know, it's actually, I mean, there there have been two. Mm-hmm. One is Cheryl Kelland, mm. who is so badass. Love her. Be She's, a sport watch, right? Yeah. Yeah, I have yeah. one. She's Incredible, and has as a as somebody entering into a hardware field has just been phenomenal mm-hmm. to me. Um, and also, Teresa Nemasani has mm-hmm. been again just an amazing connector. And over and, at Microsoft, we love her, and she's great. Mm-hmm. And there have been so many, and I feel awful leaving any out. But we but, know that you love them all. I yes. love them all. Can I love say Susan all. McPherson too? You can say Susan. Susan's just Absolutely. they're just ah. And so <laughs> no, I'm very very lucky to be surrounded by incredible women. Um, which truth? Yeah. Last and final question: What's the favorite toy that you want to make over with a robotics or engineering twist? Oh, mm. or just a type of toy? Yeah. Because in my brain, I'm thinking through all of the toys that already have a robotic twist, so like all the crafty <laughs> toys and all those kind of things. Um, I'm just—I have this image of like Barbie shooting things out of her eyes. I don't know why that image is in my brain. <laughs> But I'll share it with you guys to, Thank you. to give Thank Abigail you. a little time to think. Thank you. I'm imagining like a super high powered uh, easy bake oven or something that like Ooh. somehow gets both of your Not passions. Who was the young woman room. who um, created the glitter gun prosthetic arm? Because she is oh, my I don't girl. remember her name, but that's a super, a I remember this article. Who created Ooh. 
she has a um, sure. a prosthetic arm, and mm-hmm. she made a glitter gun. Mm-hmm. So I think anything so out of that arm. you can put a glitter gun on yeah. is yeah. officially the best <laughs> thing ever. Because despite being the herpes of the crafting world, glitter true. is the best. So true, <laughs> it is. Even if it never goes away, it is the best. True. Yeah. Um, no. What I I always wanted things that I could make fly or I could make pull stuff. Mm. So I want to turn all of my toys into things that can fly and pull things. I love it. Love I it. love it. Yeah. Well, I think we are all out of time here. Thank you so much all for right. joining us today. Thank you yes. for having me. Abigail, this has been, been a blast. A pleasure and a total blast. Thank you. Well, we will link to all of your good stuff on our uh, show notes. And uh, we just we're so we're so thrilled to have you on the show. And, and, and everyone, uh, uh, keep an eye out for Racia. Super Indeed. cool cars coming soon. Absolutely. We're gearing up for big things. Oh, no, you didn't. (laughs) We're a vehicle for STEM. No. You are in turbo mode. We have to stop before her puns take me over the lot. You're bridging the gap. Okay. Just keep going, kids. Keep going. Please leave your puns in the comments. (laughs) All right. You guys stay cool in New York. We will do our best. See you. Talk to you later, Kate. Sounds good. Bye. If we get one more guest who makes cakes, can we officially declare it a trend? Like, (laughs) at least make a line of human Venn diagram baked goods, maybe? Yes, to go along with our dynamic skill set tease, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I just love how real Abigail was, talking about how much she's had to learn and and the mistakes and the failures she's made along the way. Mm -hmm. Talk about a growth mindset. It's practically required for a human Venn diagram. Totally. And I'm glad we had the chance to discuss the role her husband plays in being the grounded center for her and navigating partnership in general when you're balancing a lot. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, 
fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 